0: That's NOOM.com to sign up today.
1: Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host. Scott
0: Chu. Yo, everyone, and welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. My name is Scott Chu. Today is July 14th. We're going to talk about some baseball. Biggest news of the day so far: Royals on the restricted list. A whole bunch of them: Michael A. Taylor, Whit Merrifield, Cam Gallagher, Hunter Dozier, Brad Keller, Andrew Benintendi, Brady Singer, Kyle Isbell, M.J. Melendez. Dylan Coleman, all on the restricted list as they head to Toronto due to their vaccination status. So a couple things to take away from this. Number one, hey, Edward Olivares, he's going to get a bunch of starts. And I also wouldn't be surprised if someone like the recently acquired Drew Waters uh, get some play over the long weekend. And I also expect the Royals to be quite desperate to score runs. They're missing a lot of their pieces. So look for someone like Nicky Lopez to maybe lead off or definitely try to steal some bases if you're desperate for those. Go ahead and pick up Nicky Lopez. I think he might steal some bases. Also, Anibal Sanchez reactivated from the 60-day IL. This does not mean someone you should add, but it might be someone you target. We'll talk about that a little later. JT Real Mudo. Aaron Nola and Alec Boehm are going to be reinstated tomorrow from the restricted list as they are coming back from Toronto due to their vaccination status. Kenley Jansen came back from the IL, through a nice clean inning in his first return, so he's looking pretty good. Joe Adele has been recalled for the Angels. He notched two hits and a steal in his first game back in over a month. He wasn't hitting exceptional down in AAA in this most recent stint, but it was apparently good enough to get him recalled. Definitely someone to keep in mind. Keston Hura was sent down by the Milwaukee Brewers, so if that's someone you've been looking for a breakout, it hasn't quite happened. He's still got power, but he just cannot make enough contact to stay with the big leagues. Nationals closer Taylor Rainey hit the IL. He's going to miss the remainder of the season. Carl Edwards Jr. and Kyle Finnegan and a host of others are going to fight for the job. Fantasy managers, though, she could probably ignore it for now. Kyle Finnegan's the most interesting of this group, that that's not saying much. Alex Cora is hoping that for the Red Sox, Trevor Story might be able to play over the weekend. He's also saying that Nathan Avaldi is slated to get the start on Friday against the Yankees, so you can get that back in your lineups if you want to take that kind of risk. Eloy Jimenez was scratched from na- from Wednesday's game with tightness in his right leg, so definitely keep an eye on that as we go forward. Nick Senzel scratched with back tightness, as was Mike Trout held out for back issues. Jacob DeGrom getting another rehab start today. And Luis Severino getting an MRI on the right shoulder after being removed from his most recent start. And we also learned that Frankie Montas is officially out until after the break. As far as hitters from yesterday's action, I'm going to lead with, of course, Shohei Otani because he is the greatest player in Major League Baseball right now. He went two for four with a triple a run scored. Two RBI and a walk. I'll talk about him more in just a second as we get to the pitching. Teoscar Hernandez of the Blue Jays. He went two for four with two home runs, two runs scored, and four RBI. Nice day for him. He continues to be a solid outfielder. Jose Iglesias of the Rockies at home. He went three for five with a home run and six RBI. Real big day for him. He's a guy that really you can try to pick up, especially in points leagues, to stream when he's at home. Not really that interesting otherwise, but his high contact style plays really well in course Field for the Rockies. Juan Soto of the Nationals, he went one for two with a home run, three RBI and three walks. And you guys... Juan Soto is doing everything I'd been hoping he'd do. He's lifting the ball more. The ground ball rate's been trending down since late June. The fly ball rate is trending up. In fact, in July, Juan Soto has more fly balls than ground balls by a considerable margin thanks to Soto turning a bunch of those grounders into line drives. I've got a lot of confidence in Juan Soto right now that he's fixed a lot of the problems he was having earlier this season. I'm expecting a big breakout going forward. Brandon Belt of the Giants, he went two for four with a home run, two runs scored. And look, when he's healthy, he's going to hit. He's dealt with slumps and injuries so far this season, but I wouldn't be that surprised to see him have an explosive second half. That said, I'm not saving any roster space in 10 or 12 teamers to see if that happens. There's just too much volatility. Bo Bichette of the Blue Jays went two for four with an RBI and a stolen base. and It was just nice to see him successfully steal a bag. He's been caught stealing quite a bit lately. The Blue Jays have a chance to build some confidence against that deserted Royals team, and Bo could use that confidence more than most, so hopefully they're able to pile a bunch of bunch of runs, and get a lot of plate appearances. I do expect a lot of plate appearances for Blue Jays hitters over the weekend against these Royals. Austin Hayes did a little slump busting. He went four for five with a double and a run scored. It's just his second extra base hit this month, but hopefully this is a sign that Austin Hayes' slump is ending soon. And that's all this really looks like right now. It's a slump. Baltimore's been hotter than ever. I expect him to pick it up as well. And then Jake Cronenworth of the Padres, he went two for three with a double, a home run, three run score, two RBI, and two walks. He had a really nice series in Colorado, going five for 11 with three extra base hits. And three walks to just two strikeouts. I fully expect Jake Cronenworth to be a lot better than he has been so far. Definitely as we get into the second half, I think he should be something like at least a 265 hitter and slug something closer to .450, uh, and I think that he can be that really as soon as right now. I expect a lot more from him going forward. As for the pitching action from yesterday, I'm going to leave, of course, with Shohei Ohtani. He went against the Astros, got the win on six innings pitch, one run, four hits, two walks, and 12 strikeouts. He's throwing that devastating slider more than ever. It's a beautiful thing to see. Shohei Ohtani is must-see baseball every single time, folks. Don't miss out. John Gray of the Rangers went against the A's. He got the win on seven innings pitch. No earned runs, one hit, no walks, and nine strikeouts. 16 whiffs and a nice 36% CSW. He rolled against a bad athletics offense, and he should get another soft matchup coming out of the All-Star break, so keep him locked up in your lineups. Ross Stripling of the Blue Jays went against a somewhat depleted Phillies offense. He gets the wins on seven innings pitch. No earned runs, two hits, no walks, and six strikeouts. Of course, the Phillies were without several of their top hitters. This is still a nice game for Stripling, though. I'm not totally into buying him yet however if he can show it off for another start or two i'm going to believe that maybe there is a level higher than i expected from him JT BruBaker of the Pirates got the no decision against the Marlins, not his fault though. He went 7 innings pitched with 0 earned runs, 3 hits, 2 walks, 9 strikeouts, and really BruBaker's a decent streamer against strikeout prone offenses like the Marlins. I don't really think of him as more than that in most 10 and 12 teamers though. Aaron Savali of the Guardians had a real short day against the White Sox, just one inning pitch, 2 earned or 2 hits, no earned runs, one strikeout, 20 pitches, but he was taken out early with wrist pain, so keep an eye on that over the break. Chris Bassett of the Mets got the win against Atlanta. Six innings pitch, one run, five hits, two walks, six strikeouts. Bassett seems to be back to his consistently producing ways after a bit of volatility, which is always great to see as the Mets continue to surprisingly lead that division. Brady Singer of the Royals went against the Tigers. He gets the win on six innings pitched, one run, seven hits, five walks, and six strikeouts. And really the lesson here is start your righties against the Tigers until further notice. Even with 12 base runners through six innings, they couldn't muster more than a single earned run against Brady Singer, not so much because Brady Singer was especially on, but because the Tigers just really struggle against right-handed pitching. Aaron Ashby of the Brewers went against the Twins, no decision on 4.1 innings pitched, one earned run, six hits, three walks, five strikeouts, 29% CSW, and 101 pitches, and really the stuff looks great, but the command obviously does not look great yet. He's going to be up and down until that gets cleaned up, but there's still a lot of promise in this arm. Zach Gallon of the Diamondbacks went against the Giants on a no decision. 6.2 innings pitch with two earned runs, four hits, two walks, five strikeouts. And honestly, this is probably as good as Gallon can be right now. As long as you accept that, I think that you can sort of manage him accordingly. Christian Javier of the Astros, he was against Shohei Otani. He got the loss. 3.2 3.2 innings pitch, three earned runs, five hits, three walks, but 10 strikeouts and 19 widths, 92 pitches. And hey, at least he struck out 10. Christian Javier, you know, he, he can be really good, but fastball command can crush you some days. That's really what happened here. The fastball command was off and the Angels took advantage. So hopefully he can be a little better with that as we come out of the break. And then Charlie Morton was a little disappointing for Atlanta against the Mets. He got the loss on five innings pitch, five earned runs, six hits, three walks, and six strikeouts. The Mets had his number, but Nick Pollock isn't concerned about Charlie Morton long-term, so neither am I. As we talk about relievers from yesterday, Marlin, or Mariners closer, Paul Sawald took the ball in the ninth of both games in their doubleheader against the Nationals and got a solid two-stave day. He did give up a home run in the second outing, however, I would think most would trade that minor ERA hit for two saves in a single day. Evan Phillips, who got the save for the Dodgers yesterday, is is a yet another capable arm in the back end of that Dodgers bullpen. He's got four holds, two wins, and a save over the last two weeks. It is worth an add in most formats that reward non closers for those wins and holds. The save was quite a surprise with Kimbrell back, but Krimble had to go and earn the win in this contest, which left Phillips available for the save. Colin Poche earned his first save since June 21st for the Rays, tossing an inning of work and allowing just one hit while striking out one. He's been excellent over his last six appearances with no earned runs and at least one strikeout in each of those appearances. The Rays' bullpen is notoriously unpredictable, but Poche remains one of the top options thanks to that rising fastball he locates at the top of the zone. Tanner Scott blew his third save in the last two weeks, his second of the last five outings, and it's really been particularly ineffective really for the entire last few weeks. So it's probably worth noting that Anthony Bass of the Marlins hasn't given up a run in a whole month and may get looks in the n- quite soon. Now, before we go to the weather, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. And we're back just in time to go to Mark with the weather. Mark, take it away. Thank you very much. Well, we should be fairly quiet today. Lots of afternoon games. The only game that
1: has some thunderstorm potential is going to be a night game between AL Central opponents. The White Sox, as they're in Minnesota, is the Twins. This game, um, there will be showers and thunderstorms around, like I said. Should be able to get this in between the raindrops, but it's
0: something to monitor as we go throughout. Thanks. Have a good one. Thank you, Mark. We always appreciate your insights on the weather. As far as streamers and DFS picks for the day, first I'll be looking at Tristan McKenzie, who's been really solid of late. And who does he face? The Tigers, who cannot hit righty, He's worth a lick. I think he's going to be really good in this one. Guardians hitters should also have a nice day against righty Elvin Rodriguez of the Tigers, who isn't particularly effective in most of his outings. I also think Atlanta is going to have a nice bounce-back day at the plate against a recently recalled Anibal Sanchez of the Washington Nationals. If I have to stream a pitcher... Uh, I'm also going to be looking at lefty Braxton Garrett against the Lowly Pirates or the surging Cutter Crawford against the Tampa Bay Rays. And I also, for hitters, again, expect the game in Toronto to be a complete blowout. That locker room is basically deserted on the Royal side. So expect a lot of trips to the plate for Blue Jays hitters. Uh, I think they could definitely score a lot of runs all weekend. So with that, thank you so much for listening. Again, my name is Scott Chu. You can find me on Twitter at IfTheChuFits. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you have a great rest of your day.